Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Backchat. Welcome to Yogaberry, your yoga for scoliosis community. If you don't know me, if this is the first time you're seeing my face, my name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher and I specialize in yoga for scoliosis. Um, but also, I'm just generally very curious person. So I like um, chatting to people about scoliosis, about their journeys. Um, I have scoliosis myself. Um, and I'm usually bringing on, I'm either bringing on experts who have got their specialities. Um, today, I'm actually going to be talking to Helen Gardner from the Scoliosis Association. And this is also, um, this is your, this is your chance to connect really. So make sure you come and say hello, come and say hello in the chat. Let us know where you are, where you're from. Um, if you've, Got any questions or not? I'm not doing a kind of an open Q&A today. We're going to do that next week. So save all your big questions um, for next week. Just make a note of them and then come and join me next week if you've got anything to ask. Um, because today I'm going to be asking Helen about uh, her personal uh, scoliosis story. And she has had uh, spinal fusion as well. And then just learning a little bit about the work that they do at the Scoliosis Association. Here, it's lovely. So Laura is here. Uh, lovely. She's saying <laughs> hi again, Christine from Chile, Buenos Aires. A lovely yoga class today. Yes. So Laura was in my two o'clock class, um, which is nice. And then coming straight after to, to back chat, which is fabulous. So if you ever would like to come a to a live practice, it's um, great for anyone with scoliosis, with or without a spinal fusion. Um, we're taking it easy. Um, we're really focusing on awareness. We're focusing on the breath. Um, so, yes, you're more than welcome to join that. You can find the description or you, find, you can find the link in the description. Good. So before I bring Helen on, um, I just wanted to mention one more thing. Mm. Those of you who are following me on Instagram, and it's yogaberry.scoliosis. If you're not already following me, make sure you do. Um, I have teamed up with Caroline Friedman from the Scoliosis Handbook um, and from uh, and ha Emily Hale from Build Breathe. I always get it wrong. Sometimes I say Breathe Build, but it's Build Breathe um, to run a fitness challenge for the next six days. So we're starting tomorrow and there's gonna be daily fitness prompts. So Emily is a, is a Pilates teacher, Caroline is a personal trainer, I'm a yoga teacher. So you get a little bit of a variety. Both of those ladies have spinal fusion themselves. Um, so you can rest assured all this will be fusion friendly as well, scoliosis friendly. 
Um, and it's just a great way to kind of spice up your practice, um, get you on the on the mat, on the exercise mat, give you some motivation. And the best thing, there are some prizes to win as well. If you participate, if you comment underneath, if you share the post and all of that, you can win a fabulous pair of yoga legs leggings. And we've got some uh, personal sessions, online courses and things like that as well. We're giving away so make sure that you join for that and all the details are on my instagram um yogaberry.scoliosis but let me bring on helen right now there she is so <laughs> welcome helen thank you so much for making the time to to chat with us um especially because i know that you you have a another job <laughs> A proper job. <laughs> I want to say that. So you've got two big jobs. Um, so yes, amazing that you can you can take the time to to talk to us today. So welcome. Thank you for having me. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> yes, lovely, lovely to meet you. Only just kind of connecting via Instagram so mm -hmm. far. Good. So Vaishnav is saying hi, Christine and Helen. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining in as well. Good. So why don't we kind of dive straight in, if if you don't mind? Mm -hmm. um, I would love to hear about kind of your story, your your journey um, with scoliosis and of where did it all start? And yeah, how did you get to uh, uh, have a Harrington rod? <laughs> yeah, it, well, it started, I think it well. 1995 I was 14 years old right um so it's quite a long time ago now but I was um I was actually trying on swimming costumes for our family summer holiday and my sister noticed that my shoulder blade was sticking out mm -hmm. so she sort of said oh that's a bit weird and I said oh you know I'm a teenager oh, you know never mind it doesn't matter um but then she told mum and we had a, a friend in the village who was a paediatric nurse. So she marched me down to see Kate and she immediately did the forward bend test, which obviously I'd never heard of. But now is is one of the most um, recognised ways of doing a quick check for scoliosis. Um, and she said straight away, you've got scoliosis, you need to go and get it checked out. So we saw the GP and the GP referred us to a consultant and and that was it really. I was on the on the scoliosis journey without really having a clue what it was. What it was. Mm. Exactly. Never heard of it before. Um no idea. So I think it was all a bit of a, a blur. You sort of you go along with everybody else. Um, until I got to the consultant and I saw the x-rays for the first time and it was just I suppose bewilderment and shock you sort of mm -hmm. I had a, a double curvature so it was mm -hmm. effectively an S, an S. Yeah. Um, and I just sort of thought how how on earth is that in me and how have I not known that that's <laughs> in me you know blissfully unaware um, and so of course he did um, lots of tests and he explained what it was and 
and I just remember thinking, well, how on earth do you fix it? You know, how I didn't know this could happen in the first place. And how do you make it better? And he said, because the um, curves were quite severe already, that really the only way to, to fix it would be fusion. Um, so I think I left that appointment with my mum in just complete shock I don't I don't really remember what we spoke about but it was just a, a really surreal experience and um we decided with the consultant that because I was still growing that they would try a Boston brace for okay. me um so I had to go back and get that um casted which was just a really strange experience. I don't know if you've seen anything on that before, but it was the oh, only yes. way I can, yeah, absolutely. The only, the only way I can describe <laughs> it is sort of being suspended on this scaffolding frame. And then they wrapped actually it was lovely with the when they wrapped the the warm plaster around because that, that was quite relaxing. Right. Um, but yeah they obviously take a cast from under your armpits to just above your hips. Mm -hmm. um and then it, it it was created into this hard plastic corset essentially with velcro straps across the front um I did get to pick what color it was <laughs> which I picked blue I mean I don't really know I know you can get really really snazzy designs these mm. days you can yes uh, <laughs> but yeah I, th I just plucked blue out of thin air and I don't know actually whether that was a great colour or not to be honest but um so so I had to go and get that fitted eventually and it was it was really restrictive the, the first time I put it on and he had to tighten it quite tight obviously because it's it's supposed to try and stabilize the curve mm -hmm. um, and I thought oh, I can't even breathe you know it was just so limiting um and I was expected to wear that 23 hours a day, straight even at away. school. Yeah, straight. Yeah, exactly. Straight into it, you know, from nothing to having to sleep in it and dress for school and move around school. And, and that was the worst, the worst part for me, because I suppose I was still trying to understand it all myself. And I and I, I I felt like I couldn't talk to many people. I I told a few really close friends, but I I think I sort of thought, well, if I can't really make head nor tail of it, how do I expect other people mm. to understand? And and I thought wearing this brace, you know what kids are like and boys, you know, sort of bashing into each other in the corridors. And I thought I don't want someone bashing into me, and then feeling this hard plastic and then you know sort of calling me names and being nasty that's just what I thought would happen so mm. I I tried it for a while at school but in the end I just I, it was quite a point of friction between me and my parents I said I just can't I can't wear it at school it's just right. too it's too distressing yeah and that's um, a lot of time obviously that you are yeah yeah in school, um, mm. I mean, I, I was quite, I was quite disciplined outside of school. I wore it as soon as I got in, 
overnight whenever I wasn't at school I wore it um mm. but I think as well we also sort of knew that really it wasn't it wasn't going to do much for okay. me okay so you kind of had the sense already that this probably wasn't yeah. gonna work yeah but you maybe you didn't really feel the need to commit to it yeah I suppose so you probably. know with he'd already said to us you know the, the 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 curves are severe enough that really the only thing that's going to work is is surgery um mm -hmm. so, so just be, before we kind of get into the surgery part mm -hmm. because i think um that's that's always you know this is is always um good to hear this for younger people especially mm -hmm. who might be in the uh, situation right now and from you know what I'm hearing you say this was quite a quick thing and I've hit I've heard this so many times mm. that uh, you, you go about your normal life and everything is fine and then all yeah. of a sudden you're in this brace yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, yeah how do you how do you how do you deal with it obviously so is there something like from your perspective right now that you wish maybe um, your parents had, I mean, you, we don't want to blame any parents, obviously, but your teachers or your parents could have maybe helped you with to, to help you in this kind of school environment to help you wear the brace and kind of accept it a little bit more? Or do you think I, that was kind of a lost cause? I think for me, it was probably just a lost cause. I don't think it was, I don't think anything would have made me feel happier. And of course, at 14, you're, you're just becoming really self-aware. Um, you're becoming maybe a bit more confident, a bit more independent. And to suddenly have something really restricting you it it was a real battle mentally mm -hmm. um and you don't want to be different you you just don't oh. want to be different from anybody else and you know you don't want to have to worry about what can i wear to a party mm. you, you you don't you don't want to worry about any of that and i think i think these days it's um with the advent of all the social media and everything it uh, support is much more accessible right for people um they feel far less alone and there is better awareness i think you know my school i'm sure i was probably the only person they'd ever come across <laughs> with that situation mm -hmm. so it's difficult for them to know how best to deal with it but i think the more people talk about it and and actually on for my part i probably should have been more trusting in my own peers that actually they would understand and and they would probably yeah they would care you know but it's mm -hmm. it's hindsight is a wonderful thing yes yeah <laughs> yeah no absolutely but uh, you know it's um i think that's good for for young people to mm -hmm. to hear obviously as well and um yeah to maybe trust and even if it's yeah. just one person to begin with tell them about it, explain it to them, trust Definitely. the person, see how they react. Yeah. And then maybe another person and then maybe another person. You don't have to like stand in, up in front of the no, class. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, Good. no. Good. So how long, how long did you wear the brace for? So it was probably about, um, uh, I think it was about 
14, 15 months, something like that. Um, okay. Oh, so quite a long time, actually. Yeah. Yeah, quite mm -hmm. a while. Um, okay. And then we got sort of, we edged nearer to my 16th birthday um, and they sort of said, it, it actually had got a little bit worse. The curves right. were a little bit larger. Mm -hmm. um, and so they said sort of now is the time to make the decision to either have surgery or not. And at the time, the the option was have it now or never have it right. at all. And because you remember the cob angle that you had? Um, by the time I came for surgery, it was around, they were hovering around... 60 I think it was 60 yeah, yeah. and I, I originally my original diagnosis was I think 50 okay off the top of my head so it had it had progressed mm -hmm. um I'd not really experienced much pain with it though either so I was I was relatively lucky I think to be fair I, I still felt aside from the brace issue I still felt I could I could do everything normally mm -hmm. like everybody else um but yeah the the option was it's now or never because at the time they didn't really offer surgery on older patients right it wasn't i don't think it was really a routine sort of thing okay yeah so um so yeah it's a it's a, a heavy decision to have to make when you're 15 whether you want to have a major surgery with risks of paralysis and and all sorts of other things mm -hmm. or not and obviously you know <laughs> really you don't no one's ever going to say i want to have that done i want to i want to risk that but mm -hmm. for me it was about giving myself the best possible chance of a, a good future you know they said it, it could still obviously progress yeah which in turn could then um give you other complications and I thought mm -hmm. I don't think I want to go through life feeling like I'm gonna have another issue or that that there's a shadow just following me around I thought I just wanted it done I wanted it fixed and I wanted to be over it over with yes yeah and uh, was it quite um was it very visible was that something that that bothered you as well with the scoliosis or was it purely about um obviously not wanting that it kind of gets worse and that causes you other problems i think once once we knew it was there we could then see it if that makes sense um mm -hmm. But certainly there's a a photo of me probably only about three weeks before I had the surgery. And um, you can really, really see how crooked I was at that point. And I, I think I'd maybe sort of blocked it from my mind or, you know, I hadn't really appreciated how crooked actually I, I looked until yeah. I look at that photo. Yeah. And and so I think it was a mixture of not wanting the complications, but also you just want to you just want to feel like everybody else, whatever you think normal is. Mm. You just want to. That's how you want to be. Yeah. 
So, so take us back to, um, I mean, this, you know, this is a whole other, we could probably talk for hours about this, obviously, yeah. the, um, what goes on in, in somebody's head before they go into surgery. But mm. let's go kind of straight into um, the kind of post surgery. So you had your surgery done. Mm -hmm. Yep. How long kind of did you do you have to uh, skip school? Did you have to? Um, did it take a long time to recover? Actually, um, not not too long. Um, I was in hospital for two weeks, <clears throat> um, and then I had a, an eight week summer holiday, so I was able to use that eight weeks to recover, and then I went back to school full time in the September. So, I mean, obviously, the long term recovery, you know, you have restrictions on mm -hmm. sorts of sport and activity that you can do. But I was essentially back to a relatively normal routine after eight weeks. OK. And um, what what type of fusion is it? Where, where exactly is it? So it's um, T3 to L2. So it's quite quite, quite a long. long. Yeah. Um, and um, they they sort of removed ribs and addressed the shoulder blade, and yeah. and then they've I've got two rods, okay, fixed with all the screws and screws. clips. So that yeah. it's not actually a, a Harrington rod, is it? It's a... uh, it's two. I don't. They don't think yeah. they've ever called it a Harrington rod. No. No, I think those are the old style <laughs> fusions. The the Harrington rod is just one massive yeah. big thing. Yeah. I think that was just before I had mine. I think they were using those. Yeah. Um, so we've got here um, Vaishnav asking, will spinal fusion ruin my flexibility? Is VBT better than fusion? Any? Um, well, let's talk about you first. How did it affect yeah. your flexibility? Well, because it is quite a large section, um, I can bend from the waist, but I've really got no flexibility in my back at all. Right. So I can't, even though if I feel like I'm slouching, actually, I'm I'm not. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the flexibility in your back just, is, I mean, that's completely gone for me. I don't mm -hmm. have any of that left. So I suppose in terms of the VBT, that's a much newer method. And that is precisely to give you that flexibility at the same time. Yes. Whether it's better or not is is not something I can. Yeah. I can say it's personal, I suppose, to everybody. However, I, as far as I understand, just talking for, to a to a um, surgeon about this, mm. it's a very limited amount of time that you can have it, isn't it? it it's not for for everyone no i think it's when you're quite a bit younger generally you have to still be growing isn't yeah. it otherwise it it doesn't work yeah yeah um and you kind of grow into into it, it. kind of correct you on the way yeah yeah um, rather than putting a, a rod in yeah good so i'm um, sorry i'm just Checking the chat, Maria's asking, I'm so worried for my daughter who's 14. She has an SCF already 52 degrees. Mm -hmm. She's wearing a Boston brace. So that's, Any... that's similar to me. I yeah, was, very yeah, similar. I was obviously 14 when I started wearing mine with a, a similar size curve and the S shape. Um, it's, uh, it, it's really difficult 
because I can only be honest with what my experience was. Um, and I know it's not necessarily a comforting um, account, but I would far rather be honest than than not, um, because it is a challenge, especially with adolescent girls as well. I'm going to, you know, obviously it affects mostly girls. Mm-hmm. And you are going through a really difficult period as it is when you're 14 um, with hormones and changing and, and all that sort of thing. So it is really, really difficult. So the what I can say is, is to seek out that support to, and, and there is loads around, not mm-hmm. just on the Scoliosis Association, there is lots of support these days, lots of um, Instagram pages, social media pages of other youngsters um, sort of charting their their journey um, and I think that in itself, when I've seen discussions about it on other forums, that in itself seems to really just help people feel like, actually, this is OK. I don't need to be frightened. I don't need to be ashamed. Um, and actually, other people my age will understand, you know, like we were, were saying before. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think it's as much about support for parents as well as it is the child because it must be really difficult watching your child go through something like that yes yeah absolutely absolutely I think um yeah as Maria was saying you know very very hard Mm -hmm. um to yeah I've got two children who are seven and eight so uh, I am watching them and and I am checking them but yeah I can I can imagine how how difficult this is and then you know how do you make that decision how do you make that decision to you know have a brace or have surgery um that's a exactly it's a big it's a big thing you don't you don't want them to be going through it but at the same time you want to do what's best best for them Mm. yeah yeah it's hard good so how 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 did you kind of get so you had your surgery and Mm -hmm. and all of that um how did you kind of get into this this work with um scoliosis association well i i found them after i'd been discharged from hospital so three years after i'd had my surgery Mm -hmm. um so i was essentially sort of recovered and and back to normal whatever normal is um so I I can't even say how I found them I came across them and I joined as a member initially um and then I felt like I wanted to just do more um and so I got in touch with the association and they actually said that there was a a regional representative who was retiring from her post and would I like to take that on um so I jumped at the chance um and so I joined as a regional representative in 2007 I think it was um and my motivation for doing that was sort of twofold a to help raise awareness um not just amongst the general public but actually amongst the education sector um, Mm -hmm. and even some of the health sectors, you know, GP surgeries, they're not, there's a real mixture of um, understanding and awareness of it. Um, And, but also to help others on the same journey, because Mm -hmm. I do feel 
that that sharing your experience and your story, hearing it from somebody who's actually been through it can really help others. And it and it can help you as well, actually, to sort of reconcile it still, even though I'm 24, five years on from surgery. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's with me every day. So yes, yes. And I think that's a, that's a really important uh, thing to say, really, as well, that just with the with the uh so with your surgery that was not the end of mm -hmm. the journey was it even though we kind of stopped there but it's um it stays with you as you it say does. Isn't it? it's absolutely yeah it's always there every day mm. in some capacity um so yeah i think I, I i i i do my work with the association to help other people and that's my that's my motivation Mm, amazing so t tell us a little bit more about kind of the i mean i i know the uh, Sco scoliosis mm -hmm. association uk or yes Sork, as we call Sork. it right Sork. much easier <laughs> um i know it from you know it's 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 first of all the first thing that kind of pops up if you're in the uk and you're googling anything mm -hmm. about scoliosis it kind of pops up as a really great resource i think mm -hmm. for information i think the 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 fact sheets and all of that they're yeah. really really good they're brilliant and actually if you look on the nhs website they just say for scoliosis just visit talk <laughs> because they they've know got everything <laughs> they've got everything exactly um which is brilliant and then obviously you've got um the 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 great magazine for for members um which comes out quarterly i think uh we back, get two a year on. oh two backbone. a year now. yeah okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah tell us a, bit, a little bit more about what you guys do and yeah tell so me so <laughs> they are the only uk national support group for those with scoliosis so um anyone who's got a connection can be a member so you can um, be a patient or a relative um or even a friend but without being a member you still get lots of benefits as you say the website is full of information so even if you aren't in the uk you can still access the website and access lots of information um it's all accredited and checked by health professionals as well so all the information is is absolutely up to date Mm -hmm. um there are obviously added benefits being a member because you get access to the magazine um you get access to the forum on the website which means you can connect with other people um and you can also be sort of put in contact by the association with people that are maybe in a similar situation or are in the same area as you so that you can meet up and and share stories um they obviously do a fair amount of fundraising. So they do have a, a, a fundraising fund, if you like. They do um, marathon. They get marathon London Marathon places. Um, obviously, lots of members do lots of fundraising throughout the year. Um, they have recently been awarded a grant, which they've, in conjunction with the Royal College of General Practitioners, have developed an e-module for GPs to use to increase their awareness and their okay. knowledge so that's good um, 
And they do also have a sister charity, which is the British Scoliosis Research Society. Right. Um, and again, their mission is just to, to do lots of research into types of scoliosis, causes, um, treatment, all, all those sort of um, surrounding things. And the, the, the fundraising gets sort of split between the two. So they get an okay. equal amount of funding. Um, but it is it is a charity purely funded by donations and fundraising. They don't get any sort of standard government handouts or anything. So it's um it's a small charity, but it does huge, huge things, definitely. Yeah. Yes. And I, I believe that uh Princess Eugenie is um Yeah, she became our um patron last year so she we've now have, have a royal patron which is very exciting yes yeah absolutely so um yeah some of some of you guys watching might might not know that she actually had a um spinal fusion herself didn't mm -hmm. she yeah she did when she was younger mm. um and there were lots of photos when she got married of yes. um her wedding dress because you can see the the scar, the scar. Yes. at the back yeah yeah. yeah so it's it's brilliant to to have someone like that it is yeah openly um show it and talk about it obviously as well it is it's mm -hmm. amazing and and the support for for the members as well is just i mean that's that's one of the the biggest things i think with the charity there's lots of information available um but because with there's this whole network of regional representatives all across the uk it means even though the charity essentially is quite small um we've got lots of arms everywhere so everyone is is not far away from somebody that can support them that can help yeah yeah okay and so this this month is uh, scoliosis awareness month obviously yeah. well internationally i think in, in, yeah, in yeah. the uk it's only one day isn't it <laughs> generally on the yeah i sad isn't it on the on the saturday <laughs> i I said. <laughs> I know. I, I was seeing that. I, I saw lots of people using this hashtag on, um, on on Instagram, and I was like, "What? What is ISAD?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, although okay. they, it, yeah. although it is International Scoliosis Awareness Day, so I don't know how international the day is. But right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. But for you guys, it's the, it's the month of June, I think, that you're doing. Um, is there anything special going on at the moment? Do you have anything? So there's um, the the theme of the month this year is backing scoliosis. And, it, and it's, it's really about sharing a positive message um, to as many people as you can about scoliosis. So whether it's telling your own story, sharing your experience, um, talking about the charity talking about scoliosis it's just it's just about getting out there and letting people know as much as you can mm. and there's i mean there's lots of fundraising things lots of members do little specific fundraising in or, their specific areas yeah yeah mm. um or generally just throughout the year that they're, they're busy throughout the year doing stuff yeah okay um i'm just checking here so i've got um Katie, who's who's saying she's got mild scoliosis, but mm -hmm. having lots of uh, discomfort in her back, which cannot be explained. Mm. So, is there is there something? Um, so she's obviously not kind of worried, but having 
to have surgery, it might not be mm. a huge curve. Is there anything that um, you could kind of advise or what would you suggest? So a, a lot of people do say they've got mild scoliosis, but experience quite a lot of pain. <clears throat> and um, I've heard a lot of people say using TENS machines really, really helps with the pain. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people say that things like yoga and Pilates really help with the pain um, because it, it I think it helps. You'll obviously know this far better than me, but it, it helps stabilize everything and strengthens the weaker areas. And, and people say that really, really helps. Um, mm. Obviously, a lot of people are reluctant to rely on pain medication. Yes. Um, so it, it's finding something that that works for you. A lot of people recommend swimming, but of course, at the minute, it's all been a little bit yeah. hit and, and miss or non-existent. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's various things you can try and it's finding that that one thing for you. But certainly TENS machine, I mean, that gets a real rave review. Yeah. Um, and things like yoga and Pilates. Mm. Definitely. Yes. And I think, I mean, it's it's always interesting, isn't it? There's, there doesn't seem to be a direct correlation between um, the severity of the, mm -hmm. the curvature and pain. Yeah. So yeah. Um, some people have huge curves and no pain at mm -hmm. all. And then some people have quite mild scoliosis and do have yeah. a, a lot of pain. I mean, um, I, I, I had no pain whatsoever. Mm -hmm. and And that was just a bit strange now because i hear of so many people that do get so much pain hmm. even though that's the older it. ones usually isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you were probably yeah. too young isn't it i i think it's um <laughs> yeah teenagers don't seem to have any pain generally isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah maybe that's that I, maybe i'm just getting old though i'm getting old now in fact so do you in, have more pain now I do get more pain now, but I think that's an inevitability of being fused for so long because yeah. my muscles in between sort of here and here just can't can't do anything. Mm. So everything, all the tension sits in my shoulders and my neck or on my lower back. Yeah. So, so I, I've lived longer with fusion than I did without now, wow. which is a, a bit of a weird statistic. But mm. yes. <laughs> And and that that just really highlights as well that okay maybe you're I don't know how much they straightened your your spine obviously but it's the whole body right the whole like connective mm. tissue that is still you know not yeah not balanced obviously not, yeah I am still quite a bit crooked as well actually yeah so it didn't it didn't completely fix that but. I'm, I'm, I still feel I'm in a better position now than I would have been if I hadn't had the surgery. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Good. So I'm going to take one more here. So Lydia is saying I have an S curve, three curves. Three curves. All three curves are wow. severe. Oh, dear. I'm a woman uh, now in my early 30s and seriously considering fusion, but worried I will lose mobility. Mm. Any thoughts? It's um, it's it sounds a cliche, um, but it really is down to personal preference. And there are a lot of people these days having surgery in their thirties, mm -hmm. 
and it is um you know it's a massive success they're really pleased that they've they've gone for it because they can really see the difference um and they feel like it's really improved it's not always um a cure for pain and a lot of people say that you know even though they had the surgery they've still got severe pain um but certainly i think it's about it's it's about weighing up the pros and cons i suppose how your life is now without the surgery and how you how you feel the the surgery could change your life if you feel like that would be um put you in a better position mm -hmm. and a better quality of life then it's it's something you have to weigh up and of course you will lose some ability with the fusion that's inevitable yeah um but it's just deciding for you what you feel is going to give you that better quality of life and again i would encourage just finding lots and lots of support on forums and social media because there's so many people now with that experience that can mm. give you their their side of it yes absolutely and uh, yeah certainly when you're a member of, of SORC, you get this whole list, isn't it, of people in, in your area as well yeah. who, who you can talk to, yeah. um, you know, who've gone through it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, I would I would get as much information as possible. Definitely. Definitely. I would also speak to a few different surgeons. Yeah, yeah. well, and that's the thing. Just, the surgeons are great and they give you all of the statistics and the actual practicalities of what they're going to do hmm. and then to get lots of different um experience and advice from people that have actually experienced the surgery and yeah. at that sort of age or with that sort of curve um if you get enough of that information then you can make a really informed decision yeah yeah absolutely mm -hmm. good so thank you thank you so much um for your for your time and um yeah it's been really really interesting how can we uh, get involved? Maybe, you know, there might be some people who think about, oh, I, you know, quite fancy volunteering maybe mm -hmm. or donating. Um, what's the best way to do that? So you can donate through the website um, and you can also, I would say, follow Scoliosis Association UK on Instagram and Facebook. Um, they sort of advertise on there what sort of fundraising they're doing or what sort of ideas there might be if you want to fundraise um they will uh, advertise what their um sort of current themes are what sort of things they're doing for example that gp e-module package um so definitely i would say follow them um there is a facebook support group as well um, which you can follow um, and there's people even though it's a small team there are people in the uh, in the charity that mm -hmm. run a helpline or you can email them with any um, fundraising ideas or any queries or anything like that so there's lots of people there available great lovely and i'm going to share all of the links as well mm -hmm. um, in the description for everyone yeah. Good, lovely. Thank you so much. Thank Karen, you. Nice to meet you. Face to face. Yes, lovely <laughs> to meet you. All right, we're going to leave it um, at that because Helen needs to get back to work. And <laughs>
um, <laughs> next week we're, we've got uh, more of an open Q&A session as well. So um, I know that I didn't get to all the comments today, but I will be answering a little bit more questions next week. So make sure you guys that you uh, check out our fitness challenge as well. If you want to get your start exercising again, maybe if you kind of stopped for a while and want to get back to it, that's a really, really great way. And yes, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five star rating and review, which will help me to create lots more amazing content. If you have any questions or suggestions, reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net.